This is Enjoy Cherokee Voices, a podcast recorded live to deliver in-depth conversations with dynamic people from all corners of Cherokee County. Listeners like you sink into this weekly podcast to learn more about the people that make Cherokee County extraordinary. And now it's time to get to know another neighbor. Here's your host, Jody Drinkard. Hello, hello. Welcome to the studio. I am here with... Rachel Hutchins, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you, Jody? I'm doing very well. I met Rachel through a friend of mine, uh, Jay, your husband, mm-hmm. who works at Piedmont Hospital Yep. as the finance guru. Is that right? That's right. Yep. yep. He's in my uh, Cherokee leadership class. That's right. He loves it. Yeah. yeah. It's a very, if anybody out there has the opportunity to go through this this uh, leadership class. It's through the Chamber of Commerce, and it's something to uh, savor. It's very interesting and worth every moment. Yeah, I'm from here, and my husband is not. And going through this program, he's learning more about this county than I've ever known. (laughs) It's it's amazing. So you're from here originally, Cherokee County? Yep. Born and raised? Born and raised. It left for a period of time after college, and then moved back so you went to what high school? Woodstock. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you live in Woodstock now? We live in Canton on the like Canton-Woodstock border off Sixes Road. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, we are here today because you have a unique job <laughs> in our community. I am, I'm fascinated with this. You are a doula. That's right. I'm a doula and a childbirth educator. All things pregnancy, birth, postpartum, you got it from me. <laughs> okay, so you said... Post-college, you left a little while, mm-hmm. but where did you go to college? North Georgia University Ah, in Dahlonega. Katie Wheeler, a, a fellow alum right here. Fa- fun facts with Katie, what you year? both graduated. What year? Oh, wow. Brand new. Okay. Yeah, she's fresh. I was a while ago. <laughs> she's fresh out of school. Yeah. But yeah, what, what did you study at North Georgia? Business marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did you meet Jay? Met him when, so I left after college, a couple years after college, moved out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And just that sort of like needed a little bit of a break, a little bit of a like figure out myself type of move and met him out there. And he had moved there independently from me mm-hmm. around the same time. And then we met while we were snow skiing. And that was it. You were snow bunnies. We were. So <laughs> where's he from? Uh, Columbus, Ohio. I'll be darned. Mm-hmm. Never been to Jackson Hole. It's beautiful. I have to go. You it's on my bucket go. list. You yeah. got to go. And summer or winter is awesome if you love winter sports, but summer, summer is, it's beautiful and the weather's perfect and it's just gorgeous. I mean, the national parks are there and it's, it appears I need to go twice. Yeah, you do. Once yeah. in the summer, once in the winter. Yeah. The phrase when we moved out there was you come for the winter and stay for the summer. Oh. And then that just keeps repeating itself. And then you're there for seven or eight years before. <laughs> How long were you there? About seven years, yeah. Great. Yep. All right, then you moved back. You brought Jay with you? Yes. Okay. Yep. We were newly pregnant with my oldest, and that's sort of like, you know, things start to sink in that being that far away from your sisters and your mom and your family, mm-hmm. um, it was just too far, and the winters were starting to get a little cold too. So yeah, we moved back when I was about 20 weeks pregnant. Okay, so you moved back. You were 20 weeks pregnant. Did you have a doula? I did. Oh, you did? Yep. It was after I moved back that I started exploring ideas about my birth and how I knew I wanted it to be different. I had seen the documentary Business of Being Born, and I don't know if you've 
heard of that, but it's by Ricky Lake and Abby Epstein. It came out in 2008, and I was pregnant in 2012. And my best friend at the time had said, have you seen this? She was pregnant, too. She was like, have you seen this documentary? And I hadn't, and so I watched it. And that introduced me to a doula. It's all about giving birth. Okay, so this is a documentary. Mm -hmm. Again, the title of it is? Business of Being Born. Recap real quick, good, bad, scary. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's about normal birth. It it kind of pulls the veil back of of the fear that surrounds birth. And it follows a few people along the way and shows different variations of birth, um, giving birth at home and giving birth at the hospital, having a doula, water birth. Um, it is not scary at all. It, it sort of... It, it just sets up the the stage for different options. Exactly. And just sort of opens your eyes. And in, in, in our current, where we watch movies and TV and shows, they don't tend to highlight or focus on normal physiological birth as being safe um, and normal, right? Like a normal event that doesn't necessarily need medical intervention all the time. And that if you do kind of what that looks like, it shows all kinds mm -hmm. of birth. And so highly recommend that for anybody that is pregnant. Highly recommend it. I still talk about it to this day. It's what started my journey and it's what I still share with all of my expecting mamas. I'm like, if you haven't seen this, it's a great place to start because mm -hmm. it's nothing too complicated. It's not very, you know, it's not very intense. It's just informative and eye-opening. And that's what it did for me. And so again, I hadn't heard about a doula, hadn't really understood what unmedicated or natural birth looked like, um, or even just the normal birth process. And then what happens when things go sideways? And it just sort of showed all that. And I was like, oh man, okay. So when we moved back, I was like, I knew I wanted to search for a different kind of provider who would support the normal physiological birth process, who where I could have a water birth. And like, that's not available everywhere. So it started by doing some research and figuring out which care provider I wanted to be with. And then from that, they shared with me, like, have you considered hiring a doula? And I was like, not yet. And so got some recommendations for that. And then, you know, each thing led to the next thing that sort mm -hmm. of helped me learn. It was this big evolution from where I was before I got pregnant to where I was by the time I gave birth to my first son. I'm your host, Jody Drinkard, and I'll be right back with more from our neighbor, and doula extraordinaire, Rachel Hutchins. The Mill on Etowah, in conjunction with the Georgia Wildlife Foundation, is proud to present the first annual Etowah Wildlife Expo the weekend of August the 20th. This exclusive wildlife expo brings an experiential celebration of Georgia's wildlife through expert demonstrations, live entertainment, fine arts, and related vendors. This event is for all sportsmen and is also a great reason for a weekend getaway for families and outdoor enthusiasts. Demonstrations at the Etowah Wildlife Expo include a live reptile show, bass fishing demonstrations, float fishing, presentations on the Etowah River, retriever exhibition, and much more. Live music, fine art, and even a wild game dinner will round out the weekend. The Etowah Wildlife Expo is scheduled for August 20th through the 22nd at the Mill on Etowah in downtown Canton. For registration and up-to-date event details, visit www.etowahwildlifeexpo.com. That's www.etowahwildlifeexpo.com. Okay, let's let's kind of start there then. Mm -hmm. You're pregnant. You sought out a physician. A well, so I actually sought out a midwife. A midwife. Mm -hmm. Okay, you sought out a midwife. Okay, I'm. Compl I don't. I never had a baby. Mm -hmm. Been in a delivery room once. Okay. So this is my background. I want to know the difference between a doula and a midwife. Okay, doula and midwife. So midwives are clinical. So midwives are 
focused on the health and well-being of the mom and the baby. Um, they're who you see for the duration of your of your pregnancy, and they're they are who the who help deliver the baby. But they're not a doctor. They are not a doctor. They're not an MD. No, but they have the education and training. It's like everything besides the surgeon. Obstetricians are mm-hmm. who most people deliver with mm-hmm. um, in a hospital, and they are surgeons. And one of the biggest differences between like them and a midwife is just that they're trained in surgery. So if it comes to a C-section, the surgeon has to come in. The doctor Correct. would have to come in. Obstetricians are, like I said, they're trained in identifying and treating issues during pregnancy and birth. They're the trained surgeon. They are better equipped or most equipped for supporting people who have high risks, you know, preeclampsia, maybe high blood pressure, um, maybe multiples. Um, There are lots of different risk factors that... The medical issues. It's medical issues that the obstetrician is most appropriately trained to help. Mm -hmm. However, most people give birth with an obstetrician, even though they're like, they're not as... Overqualified for it almost. Yeah, it is. And some people say, well, why wouldn't I want the overqualified person? And then I'd say, well, the midwife is highly trained, educated, and experienced in supporting the normal physiological process of giving birth. And they view birth and they view the, the person and the baby as one. And they treat it like more holistically and like look at the whole person, diet, exercise, emotional, mental, family support, like they're looking at it all. They're spending an hour at each appointment with you. It's just their philosophy on birth is kind of hands off unless hands are needed. Midwives tend to view birth as, you know, if we leave it alone, it's most likely going to unfold without complication. Um, And then they are able to identify if there are issues that arise, identify them and either treat or refer out. And so it's not to say midwives aren't trained or able to handle Mm-hmm. issues it's that they they are more suited for healthy low risk normal birth and then obstetricians are great for if you have like the medical issues mm-hmm. during pregnancy and then and a birth. doula comes in and then a doula is non-clinical right so now those two ob's and midwives are clinical they are focusing on the health and well-being of mom and baby and then delivering the baby um, the doula comes in as the emotional and physical support. And I like to say bridging the gap between the care that you get from your care provider and that ultimate birth that you want. Um, A lot of times the care provider isn't able because of time, resources, and lots of clients able to provide all the information that you need to have the birth that you deserve, the birth that you want. Um, And it's not about doing it a certain way. It's not about saying it has to be unmedicated to be empowering or that it, that it had you know any sort of certain method or anything like that a good doula says my goal is that on the other side of this you feel that you were listened to that you were respected that you felt safe that you felt empowered that you felt no matter what came up during birth because right we can't predict birth it's un unpredictable, non-linear. There are twists and turns and ups and downs. We can't predict everything, but we can walk into it in a way that we have educated ourselves. We've aligned with a provider who is appropriate for us, who is respectful to our wishes and desires and our unique circumstances. Um, And that when you get to the other side of it, you're like, okay, that no matter what came up, I feel good about it. And the doula helps you get there. So the doula shows up usually hired anywhere between any time, really some, some hire me at 10 weeks, 
and some have hired me as their like starting labor. So it can be, (laughs) this isn't what I thought. Come over. Exactly. I get it. But most hire around like 30 ish weeks. Okay. Well, let's go back to your story now. So you, you were here, you moved back at 20 weeks and you decided you wanted a water birth. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. What was it that came to your mind? You know what? I think I want to do a water birth. This is, this is what's calling me. Yeah, I think it was, I had, I'd seen it in that movie, in that documentary, like I said, and then I started, it just like resonated with me. It looked how it, I was like, that's how it should be. And I started doing some research on it and exploring what that looked like. And everywhere I looked and learned about it, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is um, a great way to get birth. And the reason was, is because I knew I didn't want drugs during birth. I I knew I wanted to try. Um, And part of that is using the water as as like a coping mechanism and, and pain relief. So think about how you feel when you submerge into a warm bath or even get into a warm shower. It's just sort of like, mm-hmm, it's relaxing, mm-hmm. right? And so I was going to use that as a way to labor. And then if if he was born in the water, then great. But I really just wanted it for comfort during labor. I knew I was giving birth in a hospital, which was my first. I did a home birth with my second. Um, but not all hospitals offer that as an option. So I sought so out. What hospital, hospital did you f- did you choose? North Fulton Hospital. North Fulton has tubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're made these, specifically for this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're big birthing tubs. They're mm-hmm. huge, and they. Have this tubs. is an Alpharetta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so, and then based on that, I sought out a care provider who supported birth at that hospital, right? Because not all care providers go everywhere. And so, so then you went there. They said, "Oh, here's a list of people that." Mm-hmm. that and support this asking type of around work. trying to get recommendations mm-hmm. right and uh, found a great provider midwife and so typically midwives who practice in hospitals are are part of a practice where there's an OB so there was like one obstetrician in this practice mm-hmm. and then several midwives which is awesome it's it's a mix of all you need so the midwives see you unless you need the obstetrician, mm-hmm. which I did, I never needed him. So I never even saw him. I think I saw him like once after. Really? Yeah. And so he's there. Right. And so a lot of hospital, um, or a lot of midwife based practices who are deliver hospitals usually are part of a, an mm-hmm. OB practice. Um, which is great. It provided. That makes me. sense because like you said, twist and turns and right. you never know when the surgeon is needed. Yeah. Right. right. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I, I gave, I had a, a wonderful, albeit intense, unmedicated water birth um, with my doula, my husband, my mom was there, my sisters were there. Um, so this tub, explain what this room is like with this big tub. Are you... So it's a normal labor and delivery room, which okay. so, I mean, in a hospital, you know, there's a there's a bed and there is a bathroom and, you know, all the normal hospital stuff. And then in the corner is this big bed. I mean, it's probably seven feet wide, maybe, mm-hmm. and tall. It's got high sides that are like, it's like a hard plastic because, so it can support you. And then when you're getting close, they start filling it up with warm water. And um, around six-ish centimeters, I climbed into the water and stayed there until he was born. And then how long was that you were in the water? So my entire labor was about 11 hours, and I was in the water for about two hours. And did he birth in the water? Mm -hmm. So then he is not breathing until he comes to the surface. To the surface. So they can stay if you've had, if anyone wants to watch any videos of of babies being born in the water. Some are born and they kind of can stay underwater and are held under not held underwater but like stay there and then they're lifted up. And so 
they don't take their first breath until the air hits their face. That's really interesting because they're continuing breathing through the umbilical cord. Exactly. And that is, I bet that's really moving to watch your baby. That's just an extension of the womb at that point, I would seem. Yes, it's an extension of the womb and it's this beautiful, gentle way to transition life from from womb to your arms and it, you know. It wow. Is. It is. It's, is it's cool. beautiful. It is. And it, it was all the things I had hoped for. I was incredibly fortunate. Um, you know, I say all the time that that kind of birth doesn't just happen, but there are some elements of just good fortune in there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the active participation that me and my husband took in that role is really where the growth is and where I cracked wide open as far as my interest in birth was because it it's not just hiring the doula, right? It's So what was the doula doing to you while or to your family? I don't even know. What mm-hmm. was the doula doing while you were in labor for 11 hours? Well, it started with, so my contraction started like at two in the morning and she came to the, where we lived, to our home around four. Um, so I, contraction started pretty quickly for me and, and developed a pattern and they were pretty intense. So it was evident that things were moving along. So mm-hmm. a lot of labor sometimes, especially for first time moms can start and kind of be a slow progress in the beginning. So like the beginning of labor to active labor can take a long time. It can be inconsistent. And so sometimes for first time moms, like when it starts, you're like, okay, let's wait and see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And for me, my things picked up pretty quickly. And so she came to join us at home um, and she starts immediately doing comfort measures, you know, massage and um, warm rags or cold rags, depending on how I'm feeling, just providing comfort, keeping Jay calm, right? Mm. Like, you know, as a dad who's never gone through this before, they tend to be a little anxious and excited and what was she doing for him? Just talking, talking. That's a big thing. A lot of just like normalizing what's happening with me. So I'm experiencing intense contractions and, um, things are, different than he's ever experienced and so and he was great he's always calm and cool but she still is like telling him what's going on and talking about when we might want to go to the hospital and just sort of took that that little bit of extra burden that the partners tend to carry during labor and I could see him just going I think we should go now should we go now you want to go now yeah Yeah. and a lot of people just want to go now because you want to get somewhere where you feel like safe Mm -hmm. um but through everything we had learned like he was able to tap into that and she helped that with him and just sort of like but we weren't at home too long because again things were moving pretty quickly for me um and so we went ahead and decided to go to the hospital so jay drives me and she follows behind um and this is typical doula like work right so mm -hmm. you meet them at their home see how things are going if it's time to go, you go. And then, and another thing is that the doula doesn't tell you when to go. The doula is there just to tell you what's, what is happening with your body and how the biggest thing to know is that you choose when you go to the hospital. So when, how, how far apart were your contractions when you said, okay, I gotta go. They were about three and a half to four minutes apart, but going, um, for like that for a couple hours. Okay. So it was a, it was a substantial, it was a pattern. Okay. And that's kind of what you look for is things forming a pattern, kind of getting more intense mm-hmm. over time, um, building up, getting longer, stronger, closer together. Um, and that's what they were doing. And so I got to the hospital um, and they put you in triage for a minute just to see, check on the baby. They usually check to see how far along you are to decide if it's time because if and you're not the doula's with you and yep. your mother was there and your husband. Eventually, yeah. Mom and my sisters came a little bit later, but okay. 
doula was definitely there. And then um, they checked me and decided I could stay. And um, I labored around the room. You know, I was trying to be active and move around. And the doula helps with positions and comfort and, you know, helping you get in and out of the shower and just using coping techniques to help you manage contractions so that you stay on top of it, so that you stay feeling in control in a, in a time that isn't always yeah. feeling that way. Right. <laughs> and there's lots of, you know, nurses and doctors in and out asking questions and, you know, she's keeping me centered and grounded. So and- are you um, like you're hooked up to a machine so they know that your pulse is right and the baby's pulse is right? Is that all happening? Yeah. Well, they start with, uh, they do the monitor. So there's the fetal monitors that check on contractions and then the baby's heart rate. And I did that for, you know, about 45 minutes to an hour to just get like a baseline mm-hmm. of the contractions. And then if all else is fine, you can get off of those monitors. And that's the goal is so that you can then move around more freely okay. and cause that helps you cope with the contractions more easily. And so, yeah, they check on the baby, get that baseline, make sure everything's good. And then, um, but at any point you go, Oh baby, I'm going to need some of that drug <laughs> for sure. Oh, you did. It for crossed sure. your mind. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if I've, I mean, I almost always see ma birthing, birthing people, even if they know they don't want drugs at some point to be like, to hit a, a wall or hit that bump where they're like, I can't do it. And mm-hmm. usually that's a sign that they're in transition and, and really moving towards the yeah. the end. And I'm, you know, depending on the circumstances, you know, you encourage them along. We sometimes come up with a safe word, which means if you say the safe word, I know you're ready for the pain medication. Oh, okay. If otherwise you're, you're just saying, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. I'm you know, all the things that you might say during labor, I'm just going to help you work through it. What might be a safe word? Lobster. There you go. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. something. Propeller. I mean, I guess something it's just random. anything. Yeah, something so. random that you come up with. And then what it is is that you're probably going to want some relief. You're going to want to give up. You're going to want to not have it happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's normal. I remind them, remember, like, this is normal. This is part of giving birth. So it kind of can help them stay grounded instead of sort of spiraling out Mm -hmm. of control. And so, and then having the safe word gives them that, like, it's on you. Whenever you're ready, you say the safe word and I won't ask a question. We will get, you know. The medicine is here. Get whatever you want. It's Mm -hmm. not about suffering or doing it without the drugs. It's saying it's your decision I want you to know that you're most likely going to say you want it. I just want to, we got to have this, like, how do I know when it's you're... It's like the key. Yeah. It's the key. Yeah. And so that's a tool yeah. that you can use. And so I would say we knew we, we had that sort of set up with my doula and my, my husband. And so, I, of course, I said I didn't want to do it. I'm pretty sure I went from no way, stop, I can't. I said all the things, mm-hmm. you know, but I never, I never asked for for it in the way that we had. You never said lobster. I never said the safe word. And so I got through that. And then. You because know. you were able to say over and over, I don't want to do it. I don't want it. I, this is too much. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Because that's but, normal. But you never gave the key. Right. Right. I just kept working through it. You got to say it. You, you got to say this is yeah. more than I can handle. Yeah. And it but gives you permission to say. Anything you want. Anything you want. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that safe word is there for when you need it. Comically within an hour or two from when I'm saying, no way, I can't. I'm like, woohoo, let's I, do it again. Yeah. 
right? I can't wait for my next baby. It is like, oh, okay. And everyone's in the room. They're like, what? You, you were just, and that's just the hormones of birth. That is like the euphoria, the euphoria. Yeah. And it helps that. And that's where the empowerment comes from. And that's where it's like, that's the sweet spot. And I'm like, I promise, like if you can get there and, and again, no matter what you choose, if you can feel that way after your birth, then it's a success. Yes. Are you or someone you know struggling with high school? Mountain Education Charter High School is a second chance opportunity for those students who have dropped out, fallen behind and need credit recovery, or simply want to graduate faster on an advanced pathway. Max operates Mondays through Thursdays from 4 to 9 p.m. with year-round open enrollment in a student-centered, self-paced, flexible working environment. Visit their website at www.mymec.org to find a location near you or call 706-219-4664. Okay, you've given a very good overview of what birthing is like and how a doula fits into that situation. So when was it that you decided, you know what, I think I want to be a doula? Right, yes. Or was it during that euphoria? (laughs) Maybe that was like solidifying for it, but it was during my pregnancy with my first that it began, but I didn't know it at the time. Okay. Right, because I I was devouring anything I could come across about childbirth during my pregnancy you know it's watching videos and I was reading the books and taking the classes and but I'm like okay I'm pregnant this is this is normal this everybody is normal, does this, right? right you're into it and I was like oh I'm sure this will fizzle out after the birth and then the birth itself and my doula and everything just like compounded it and was like you know it was like the flame was lit at that point mm-hmm. so I would say the pregnancy with my first is when the desire was stirring and then it was about a year after his birth that I decided to go and do my training and start that work. What, what, you mentioned training. What kind of training did you have? So I trained originally with DONA, and so that's Doulas of North America, and they're one of the largest certifying mm-hmm. doula organ, organizations in the country. But there are, lots, there are lots of different doula training groups out there, um, and you, you just want to – you end up – you kind of look around and figure out which one aligns with you – what kind of tra- what did you do for training then? What was involved with that? So you do like a little bit of curriculum online and you do an in-person workshop and then you attend a handful of births and then you write some reports about those births. As far that's that's really where the the learning occurs is in the room where people mm-hmm. are giving birth. Um, and then you combine all that together and then you take a little test and it can it, t- it takes like a year maybe. I think people can do it faster. Um, and then I, I did that originally, and then I redid it this past year, um, just wanting to try a different program because I think there, like I said, there's lots of different. Is it certified? Do you get certified? You then? get is certified. That what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then is there continuing education classes and yeah. such that you mm-hmm. take? And I like to do something different every year. Um, the continuing ed is is up to you, really. Mm-hmm. Some organizations require it, some don't. I'm always wanting to gather information from different organizations and kind of weave it all together. Um, I've not really stayed with one because I think they all have something unique to mm-hmm. offer. So I'm always looking for a different training to take or a different, now I mean, tons of webinars out there. So it's, it is, it's continuous. I'm always learning something new. Why would somebody choose you? What is your kind of style? Yeah. Well, and that's the great question because it's picking a doula is like dating. You know what I'm saying? It's like Ooh. there is not, while every person deserves a doula, 
and should be able to have one. Not every doula is for every person. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like every care provider is not for every person. There are ways that you want to seek alignment and seek. So I usually do an initial consultation either over the phone or in person and where we can kind of vibe each other, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. we ask questions. I learn about what they want. They ask me all the questions about what I do and you kind of try to connect. And ideally my clients are hiring me because they feel like I'm the best person for them um, on kind of all the levels. So Mm -hmm. I have the professional, I've got the emotional, I'm sensitive enough, I'm firm enough, whatever you're looking for. And so people might interview me and be like, she's not for me. And then hope, ideally, they're interviewing a few and then picking the one that aligns with them. And I think I would assume I would assume it goes both ways as well. Like maybe you're like, you know what? I don't think that would be a good fit for me. Sure, yeah. it does. A hundred percent go. It a hundred percent goes both mm-hmm. ways. Um, and that's not to say that it's like snobbish or anything like that. It's just saying that you want someone who you are going to connect with because it's very intimate. Mm-hmm. It's very your. We spend a lot of time during pregnancy together. I'm there for the whole birth. I mean, sometimes. 10, 18 hours, like you want someone who you feel comfortable around, who you feel safe around, who you trust, because that's what facilitates labor progress. That's what helps labor start is when you are are surrounded by those things. Mm -hmm. And so I bring, I try and bring that. And people hire me, I think, because I'm a good balance of like sensitive, compassionate and firm. And like, this is how it is. I kind of marry the two pretty well. And I shoot you straight. And I think other. I think also people hire me because I'm not a certain method. There are lots of like there's hypnobirthing and there's there's a lot Hypno of different hypnobirthing. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's what what people, is this now? <laughs> hypnobirthing is when people seek hypno like they try to get into a state of hypnosis during labor. Wow. To cope with you know. Oh, that's an interesting. T- okay. What are yeah. some other unusual um, things that I probably am not that, aware of? I don't know about unusual, but there's like the Bradley method and that's highly focused on like the partner being the main support person. And so these are all like techniques you would learn during pregnancy. Um, There's, I'm blanking now, but those are the two kind of like methods Mm -hmm. that are out there. So if somebody says, I want a hypno birth, then that's not you. How many births have you done? I've done about 50. Mm-hmm. And has everyone gone well? Well, they many variations. But has, yes, all been healthy, yes. Has there ever been a time when you had to say, you know what, nope, I think it's time you consider a C-section? or? And that's just not my call ever. Never. So never. you never would do that. And no. that's... So that's the doc. So you have a, a midwife or your obstetrician and even at home or in the hospital, that's your care provider's decision. So I'm there to say, okay, say the care provider has come in based on X, Y, and Z. Um, they are recommending a cesarean. So if it's not emergent, meaning they're not rushing you out of the room without even asking you any questions, which is very, very rare, um, then that means you have time to process and ask some questions so that you feel like part of the process. And, and you help ask those questions? So I help say... So my, my client is the birthing person. And so I don't really even talk to the care provider. Mm-hmm. It is their job, right? They, they've hired the care provider. So I'm there for them. And they are the one that should, because that's going to make them feel better about the birth anyways. So in other words, you kind of help them formulate questions. Yes. And just say, you might want to think about asking this or yes. that. or Yep. I have a know. formula. It's called BRAIN. And I'm, this is what I teach everyone. It's benefits, risks 
alternatives, intuition, and nothing, or now. And so I'm like, remember brain. So ask the care provider, what are the benefits of this? What are the risks? And it helps them make an informed decision, and it helps them them ask the question and gather the information and then ask for time and then make the decision that's right for them. Even if cesarean is what was ultimately needed, it gives them a minute to be part of the decision-making process, Mm -hmm. which is where the empowerment comes from. So even if it's needed, we don't want the care provider coming in telling her that it is happening. We want her to feel like, okay, I've evaluated the whole thing. I feel like this is best. I've asked for more time. I've tried X, Y, and Z alternatives or whatever. So mm-hmm. I remind them that this is what we learned about during pregnancy. Remember that, that these are your tools. So I help them access their tool bag so that they, <clears throat> excuse me, so that they can have that informed decision-making process. And that's what they deserve. That's what we all deserve in any kind of medical setting is right. the right to gather information and make a decision with support and respect and a space to mm-hmm. make that decision. And so that's really what I do. I don't, Tell them, I'm not like they're assessing, I don't assess fetal heart tones. I don't, you know, I'm not. You're not even interpreting any of that. No, you are just that there. That is out of scope. Right. You're mm-hmm. just there to help this person. You know what? That's a really interesting job because I feel like people go to the doctor and it's not just birthing. It's everything. Somebody that has diabetes, they go to the doctor and it would be really nice to have an advocate on their side that's very knowledgeable in this topic okay. to be able to say, did you ask this question or did you understand the answer that your doctor gave about this or yes. anything? Mm-hmm. It transcends all care. That it's we... almost like a caseworker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to look at it. Yes. And the good thing is the birthing, you help make it happy. That's yeah. what I would think. Yeah. Help make it happy, safe, comfortable. Not scary. Yeah. I take, I peel back that, that veil of fear that surrounds childbirth and it's a very real fear but it doesn't have to be scary if we have some information and some tools and some people to help us along the way and this is fascinating to me I'm just I'm just telling you I've, I've learned a lot already I love so it. let me ask you this I'm you said you can you can hire them at any time the moment you find out you're pregnant to I'm on the way to the hospital I need somebody to help me out mm-hmm. what kind of charge is there for a pregnancy um it ranges mm-hmm Pretty, the range is pretty significant. So, does it have to do with the time that you call? Well, <laughs> so think. it does. Yeah, if you decide like last minute to, it's called kind of like a doula on call, or you know, that has its own fee because you haven't given the support and the time during pregnancy. So that would be just a one time. And I, I've done that just a couple of times where someone's called and been like, you know, literally they're in labor and we're talking about how much it costs. I'm like, ah, we can talk about this later. But it's uh, like usually about half of what my full fee is. Mm-hmm. And doulas charge, it, it ranges. And then some people just want the prenatals and they don't want the actual birth support. So you go and spend time with them during pregnancy and I give them all my doula stuff during pregnancy, but then during the birth. And that was popular during COVID when we weren't, when doulas weren't permitted into the labor room because oh my goodness of covid oh. right and it's not even all hospitals are letting doulas back in which has been such a bummer but that's better most are and so a lot of people would hire me just for the pregnancy support mm-hmm. and then maybe virtual support so on the phone so the so, range for costs could go from um i mean there are low fee doulas who charge five hundred dollars that's like a low fee doula up to two thousand dollars and I would say that would be a higher fee doula. For the for the whole kit and caboodle? So yeah, so the, that would be for the whole. So you hire me and you get text and email and phone support during pregnancy from the time they hire you until after the birth. 
and then usually two or three prenatals um, where you're going in person and you're sitting down and talking with them and you're learning, you know, really spending, you're educating them and learning about what they want and talking about birth plans and how to ask well, questions. And I have to say, I think that's a very reasonable range of costs because yeah. you're really hiring an expert yes. to help you. You're hiring a best friend for like this important time of your life. That's how I feel. It's hard to not feel like they're your best friend by the time right. it's all over. And then you join them usually around active labor and you might be with them for 10 to 20 out. You know, your time with them during labor is like the meat of it. Right. Um, and then after you stay with them a little bit after the birth and then you go see them within the first week, usually after the birth at home, debrief the birth go over any questions, provide any kind of support in that way. And then do you I do any support for things as in breastfeeding afterwards, or if there's problems with postpartum depression sure. and all of that, is that part of what you help with? Yes. And so there are ranges with this as well. So I cover these topics like breastfeeding and postpartum mood disorders and depression in the prenatal period. So we talk about it. It's very surface level um, so that they're able to kind of identify issues. And then part of my job as the doula, because I'm not a breastfeeding specialist or like a lactation consultant, and I'm also not a like a postpartum specialist or counselor, or I don't have any of that kind of training. But Are there I, doulas that have that training? Sure. Yes. Okay. And, you know, all kinds of different like areas of expertise. And again, mm -hmm. if your doulas are, you want to look around and be like, okay, I, I struggle with this, I want someone who really can focus on that. But also as a doula, I have all the resources as far as like if, so I give you the basic information during pregnancy and then I can help guide you after the birth too with like navigating challenges or identifying issues with breastfeeding or postpartum mood disorders or anything like that. And then if it comes to a point where it's like you probably need some professional assistance, I'm going to refer you and I've got a network of, and so mm -hmm. that's the value in a doula too, is that they have the network of people who they know are the breastfeeding specialist or the postpartum special, like mood disorder specialist or the baby wearing specialist or the, you know, they have postpartum doulas too. How popular is having a doula? I wish it right. was more popular. <laughs> I, I know. I, well, it's not and because it's your job and it's your passion. But I'm just kind of curious. I'm going to tell you, I never heard of this. Really. And a lot of people haven't. I mean, I say what I do a lot and people are like, come again? Like, they mm -hmm. don't know what I even just said. So um, I don't even know the rate at which doulas are used, but I know it's it's a very small percentage. Well, you, I, I was getting that impression, too, because you said not all providers will work with a doula. Right. It seems like this is a very beneficial link between yeah. the medical and the human part of this whole process. Right. So like when a care provider sees it, sees you as an asset and sees you as filling kind of a void that they're not able to fill and not because they're bad or wrong, but that's just not their skill set or their time or resources or anything. When they see you as an asset, that's a great like collaborative relationship, right? And it's rare to have the obstetrician who doesn't want to work with a doula. But I always tell my clients, that's a red flag. I mean, if they don't see we really help the process in a way that doctors and midwives can't and it's so it's always hard to convince convince people if they're on that in that side of like well I don't want to work with a doula you know I'm always like well that's just probably not where you want to be given birth because mm -hmm. you know they're not going to be the person who's going to support you in the way that you need I have to agree. I think you have changed my mind. Not changed my I didn't even have them. I had yeah. no preconceived notion of yeah. this. But you have made it very clear to me that this would be the way to um, approach birthing. birthing. And it's good, too, for any type of birth. 
Some people might hear what the things I'm saying and think that it's for like an unmedicated birth only or a water birth only or a certain way. Epidurals, cesareans, vaginal birth after cesarean, like all these things, there's a doula for you and they can only make it better. Goshen Valley provides peace and purpose to youth in foster care. There is an ongoing need for foster families in Cherokee County and all over Georgia. Goshen Valley is here to help meet that need. They provide safe, stable, and loving family-based models of care for those in need. Goshen Homes is a vital component of Goshen Valley. Goshen Homes understands that siblings in foster care should not be separated because they grow better together. For this reason, Goshen Homes works to recruit, train, license, and support foster families working with sibling groups in Cherokee County and the state of Georgia. If you have a little extra room in your home and heart, consider learning more about Goshen Homes and the unmatched joy you can discover by becoming foster parents. Visit www.goshenvalley.org homes. That's www.goshenvalley.org homes. Have you read the book, The Red Tent? No, you mentioned that to me last time I was here and I haven't. I th- it's it's before doctors I'm sure mm-hmm. it's really about and it's really interesting because the book has a character Rachel mm-hmm. it's the women behind the men right. in the Bible right and birthing then was very interesting they stood on bricks or on stones mm-hmm. and stood up straight and mm-hmm. the child gravity took hold well gravity is your best friend in labor yeah Yeah. and there's like birthing stools now that you can sit on and same kind of concept just being upright during birth can help the baby come out a lot easier just makes you know normal sense yeah laying on a bed is not the best way to do it in my opinion (laughs) right that but anyway i thought it was quite interesting um and then i did i was trying to find some controversial things about about being a doula like people that don't like doulas okay found nothing nothing I'm surprised by that there were and I didn't do a whole lot of research but I did you know people say it's not really worth it yeah but I think it is definitely worth it yeah I do too what what kind of controversial things have you run into or what do people say well I think some people think doulas are midwives or that some doulas act like midwives and that's like a big no-no right you don't ever want anyone to think that you're trying to be the midwife or acting out of scope right you don't Mm got to do your research and and make sure who you're going with is the right fit and that they have the right qualifications and the education and the experience. Um, but so just the bad egg like circulating and taking hold like any sort of story where they were where the doula was maybe practicing out of scope doing things they shouldn't then that sort of sets a, a yeah. hold and people have misperception so any kind of misperception about what we do or or doulas out there who are are doing it in a way that creates negative experiences for birthing people and that's just not I haven't come in contact with that I just hear you hear rumors and you hear stuff well I did read one small article that said a person hired a doula and had a home birth and didn't hire a midwife or a doctor didn't have one on call and then she had a birth you know that didn't go right oh goodness and then there was a problem. But that is completely, like you said, that's completely out of scope. So yeah, if anyone came to me and was like, I'm planning on birthing at home, I'm not hiring a midwife, will you be my doula? My answer is a hard no. Right. But also, for you, the birthing person, I want you to do what you feel safest. And so there's this thing called free birth. So people who give birth at home without anyone, maybe their husband or partner is there, but like no doula, no midwife, no one of 
professional training and that's called free birth. There's a whole community of people who do it and rock on. You want to do that. That is a hundred percent your choice, but I'm not your doula. What does research say about the benefits of having a doula? There are many, but some of the main ones are that um, a smoother, shorter labor, a um, less uh, potential for unnecessary cesarean, less use of pain medication like narcotics or epidural. Um, There are less use of overall unnecessary interventions um, and improved postpartum experience, improved breastfeeding, um, and improved overall birth experience. So we're going to increase that satisfaction and that happiness that we feel giving birth. And the value in bringing that to birthing people is so that they can get to the other side of their birth and feel like they had the best chance at having the best birth available to them. And that has a ripple effect through parenthood and how you raise your kid. I mean, I treated the visits to the pediatrician differently because of my birth, right? I had that that brain tool where I could gather information. So I navigated everything after my birth differently and with more confidence because of the birth that I had, because I had that empowering experience. And it seems like the wise thing to do. I just, I mean, when all of those things are presented in front of you, why would you choose not to do that? Right. If you have the means. Of course. And the ability to find these providers that welcome this doula into your world. And that's the next level is getting insurance to pay for doulas, which some are starting or employers to cover doulas. Like really? C- like CVS is one of the most recent large employers who are covering up to like $1,200 for a doula. So things like that. So I, I do, I, I, I dislike the fact that having means has to be a barrier for people having a doula, right? Because I do believe they're beneficial and everyone should have them, but it's still a you gotta earn. Right. You gotta earn money, right? If you're doing it, um, but getting more people on board, more providers, more hospitals, who you know, perhaps they should have doulas on staff. There's debate over that as well, but I think that's a, would be a great way to go because some people feel like if you're staff for the hospital or staff for the care provider, then you end up getting under their, oh uh, yeah, their protocols or their when you're really serving the client and trying to meet their needs on a, in a different way. So, but I still would be like, gosh, it would still be great if we could just have more doulas in the birthing space and whatever that, whatever we can do to get there, but it's talking about it. It's normalizing it. It's getting employers on board. It's getting insurance mm-hmm. on board. Cause if your insurance will pay for it, you know, and you have the right credentials, then that's the best way. Hopefully more people will seek out a doula. I hope and, they do. Uh, and you you have a wonderful website. Thank you. It, it, what is the name of your website? It and is yourbirthsite.com. Even if you don't hire a doula, there's a lot of things there that will help you become an, your own advocate mm-hmm. in the birthing process. So, yes. And you have little free downloads and good things Lots there, of so. free downloads, lots of free information. I love sharing and talking, and um, I'd share a lot on Instagram as well. And just try and spread the word and, and then put myself out there so that if people want me, they can get a good idea of me and the things I'm going to help them with and and Mm -hmm. feel more confident with moving forward with me. It's like that first introduction. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. I've had a great time. I learned so much. I love it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Go read The Red Tent. Yes, I meant to. I looked that up after I saw you last time, but I'm going to go get it now. It's great. It's a great book. Um, And all seven listeners out there should go out and read your website. Thank you. Message me straight from there. 
if you find me on Instagram, your birth site underscore Rach, DM me. I'm like quick to respond in all of those places. Now, get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Enjoy Cherokee Voices and Enjoy Cherokee Magazine are produced by EMI, a nationally recognized award-winning multimedia content producer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For additional information about this and all of our podcasts, visit enjoycherokee.com. If you enjoyed this show, click subscribe and take some time to rate and review the podcast now. It really does help us succeed in the booming world of podcasts. And now, stay tuned for Fun Facts with Katie. And we're back with Fun Facts with Katie. Katie Wheeler, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm ready for some fun facts. Oh, yeah? You got a lot of them? I got some. Yeah? Ready to roll. I'm going to ask you a question first, though. Oh, yeah. When's the first time you heard about a doula? Today. Really, I've never known anyone who used a doula, didn't really know what all they were about. I'm pretty sure that of our seven listeners, probably at least four of them had no idea what a doula was. Probably. That would be about right. And now we're, we're teaching, we, we should be, maybe we should change the name of our podcast to Katie and Jody, the teachers. Yes. Educational specialists. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Absolutely. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> There's our laugh track. <laughs> All right. So I actually learned that in a 2012 study, 6% of the women who were polled had used doulas, which is a pretty small percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the ones who had not used a doula, 25% wished that they had after learning what all a doula does. They that wish they is had. Interesting. Done that. That's yeah. one out of four. Exactly. Wish that yeah. they would have used it. Absolutely. So clearly they offer a lot of benefits. And don't you think, I mean, after today's episode, mm-hmm. I was. Very shocked at the affordability of such. Yes. Yeah, I, so they are very affordable to people. I mean, when you're thinking and, about bringing a child into the world, mm-hmm. $2,000 on the upper end of this whole thing is, to me, a priceless right. kind of addition to your Absolutely. Experience. And I also learned that a 2017 meta-analysis that studied 26 different trials across various countries and more than 15,000 women it studied that the presence of continuous one-on-one support during labor and delivery was associated with improved patient satisfaction and a statistically significant reduction in the rate of cesarean delivery. Wow. So this wow. is, you know, this is accurate across all kinds of... Across the world. Yeah. Across the world, different countries, different, you know, financial statuses. Um, that That's really amazing. one-on-one support with someone knowledgeable knowledgeable yeah and um we also kind of briefly mentioned the question of unassisted childbirth and i found out that it is legal in every state so it's not necessary that you have a midwife or whatever it's obviously you can do it on your own you can do it on your own if that's if that's your bag that's your bag yeah i don't think that would be my that's that would not be my first choice and yeah but you know Teach their own. Yeah. Any more? I did hear, we talked about how there are different types of doulas. It's not necessarily always birth. Um, There's postpartum, there's during birth, there's during pregnancy. Um, But there's also bereavement doulas for grieving mothers or just people in general. So it doesn't Um, have to have anything to do with childbirth. It's just a 
a grieving doula. And that's Just interesting. A grieving doula. There are end of life doulas for people mm. who are maybe in hospice or, you know, kind of on their last days. The family can arrange for that person to be that one on one care and support as their last days kind of come to pass. Yeah. Um, but there are also other birth related, like miscarriage doulas. Um, and they're also sibling doulas, which I found really interesting for what would they do? Siblings of like an older sibling, they've got a new f- baby coming into their family and they kind of work one-on-one with the sibling in that like transition period. That's all my facts. That's all your, that's a lot of facts. I just wanted to reiterate one thing that Rachel said was that we need to make sure everybody out there that wants to get a doula, that is so cool. We're just all behind that hundred mm-hmm. percent, but make sure they're certified. Mm-hmm. We don't want anybody out there getting a bad egg. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, and she did mention that Dona, D-O-N-A International, is D-O-N-A dot org. If anybody's interested in becoming a doula or if you want to learn more about the education of a doula and what to look for when you're asking someone what their certifications are, this is a good place to start. Dona International recertifies their doulas every three years and they have in continuing education that's very important as well. Also, I wanted to reiterate that her birth, yourbirthsite.com, yourbirthsite, S-I-T-E, dot com, is Rachel Hutchins' website, and it is really loaded with some good things. Like we said, even if you're not going to hire a doula, this is a good place to go. There's even a really very interesting blog um, where it shows a whole bunch of different stuff, including four ways to make your pregnancy comfortable. They even have recipes that are healthy for uh, expectant mothers. And one of them looked really good. It's mm-hmm. a no-bake oatmeal chocolate chip protein bar. Oh, ball, that's Protein cool. ball. Oh. And one of the things that I found most interesting about Rachel's uh, discussion was to always remember brain, B-R-A-I-N. Mm-hmm. Every every time somebody asks you a question, a doctor or, or, or the midwife or anybody comes up with... Always remember brain, benefits, what are the benefits of the next action, what are the risks, what are the alternatives, make sure you trust your intuition, and N for in brain, now, are we going to do it now, or nothing, what happens if we do nothing, so that's all very well spelled out on her website. Yeah. She also has a free download for birth and labor cheat sheets. Oh, <laughs> I found it interesting. Yeah. And 19 pages of client resources. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very helpful. So that's kind of local to Cherokee County um, yeah. and very interesting stuff. Yeah, definitely. People love their resources. That's right. Look it up. It's like fun facts with Katie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everybody, thanks for showing up and listening to the edition and have a great week. Have a great week.